sometimes Don't be afraid to be a source of light It can be a dark world sometimes But don't be afraid to be a source of light Peace, good people Peace Fee, how you feeling today? I'm feeling good, Riga. How are you feeling? I'm feeling present. That's a good feeling. And I'm feeling grateful. Mm. Yeah, this is meaningful work. Yes. Yes, indeed. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Hey, we're here. Uh And it's not just us. Do tell. Oh, we have a very, 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 very special guest, very mm-hmm. special guests mm-hmm. joining us today. And I'm so excited to have them here. I'm so excited to be able to introduce them to our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm thinking that we can just even start here where you may remember an episode where Karig and I talked about attending an angel ball. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, this was back in May where we were invited as guest speakers mm-hmm. and it was hosted by an amazing organization um, named Kennedy's Angel Gowns. That's right. And so today we are incredibly blessed to have Heather and Dimitri Wilson with us of Kennedy's Angel Gowns. Yes. If I had a button, it would hit applause right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's happening in real time, man. And man, and I, before we even like jump into it, I want to pull an affirmation. Please do. Okay. And Please I feel do. like this affirmation is fitting for our conversation today and for our guests. Um, and it comes from page 56 of my book and it reads when we share our stories and are open about our feelings We create room for compassion and connectedness. We create room for reference. We create room for love. Mm. When we share our stories and are open about our feelings, we create room for compassion and connectedness. We create room for reference. So important because we also create room for love. Yes. Reference and connectedness. (gasps) So we're, we're, we're really, Felicia, thank you for that that grounding affirmation mm-hmm. uh, for me, it kind of sets, it sets up my, my deep listening. It sets up my heart to receive um, this experience. That's truly sacred. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that I'm even smiling in this space. Right. Is a miracle to me in real time. So Heather and Dimitri, thank you so much for joining us in this space. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having us. I want us to be mindful that although we know Heather and Dimitri so very well, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to be careful about how I just jump into this conversation. So I want to... Before you jump in, um, and and, yeah, we're going to give them the floor. There's just this magic that appears... Uh, when we spend time together. Um, I love my family in the 757 so deeply, so deeply. And y'all give me those warm feelings right now. Yes. So 
Go ahead. I'm sorry if you had said to no, say that. Shout no, out to the seven five seven listeners. I just I just wanted to create space for Heather and Dimitri to tell us about Kennedy's angel gowns. Thank you. Thank you. You I love my lovely <laughs> started off. <laughs> so Kennedy's Angel Gowns is a nonprofit that we started. We started it in about 2016, 2017. And we started it because we experienced a tragic loss. Our daughter was stillborn. She passed away in 2009 and it shook our world. And um, as, as we worked to pick up the pieces, we just found there were so many needs in the lost community, especially amongst African-Americans who are unfortunately touched by this more, more often than um, our white counterparts. Uh, we, we wanted to just truly jump in, dive in to be that support, to be that, that piece of hope and healing for other families. And what started out as just a vision of, will provide these burial gowns has turned into so much. It's transformed into so much. And so what we started off with was um, one thing we remember was that we didn't have anything small enough to bury Kennedy. And just the thought of that day, like I still, I still think Mm. about him and my mom going into the, the baby aisle, trying to find a dress to bury our daughter in when we really should have been just celebrating bringing her home and all the milestones that she should have achieved. The thought of them going into the store and picking out a gown, just it never sat right with us. And so um, we started making angel gowns and to familiarize um, listeners with what angel gowns are is they are gowns for babies who pass away, but we make them out of donated wedding dresses. Mm-hmm. So um, I have some to show you. Yes. So, so beautiful. Each so one beautiful. Is, is unique. We make them for mm. girls and boys. And um, mm. I'll show you another. <laughs> I'm partial to the girls because my angel baby was a little girl. I understand that. Mm. I understand that deeply. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we don't leave the boys do. out. We yes. No. Model love. Yeah. I love that with the red vest. (laughs) And so so what we did is we just, we started to take these wedding gowns and people would donate them from all over to us. And it was just me. I was a team of one. And as we put, we shared it on social media, it was like the night before Kennedy's seventh birthday and just people started reaching out like, we need 10 of those at this hospital over here. Can wow. you send some over here? And that's kind of how it got started with the need. Um, well, first sharing our story, because that was another piece that that really got the attention of others. Mm-hmm. Is When we started to share, we heard mm-hmm. so many people say, me too. Oh, my gosh, I've never told anyone. Or So silent. Silent. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. silent. It's like a, it's it's a weird like feeling of almost like embarrassment or like my body failed me or mm-hmm. just like a this, lonely. Yeah. This no one else understands your grief and your pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it shouldn't be, but you understand the grief mm-hmm. or you don't understand the yeah. grief that you're going through and, and how to express that and mm-hmm. look at anyone 
is they they wouldn't understand your story. So 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 why even share it or understand mm-hmm. your pain? And I, I, and everybody's pain is different. Not that you would understand their journey, but mm-hmm. just being able to accomplish something and just give some glimmer of hope and light with how we put it. I mean, there's yeah. no stopping her one, a mission from God. And we, <laughs> we always knew that our baby girl, Kennedy, was destined for greatness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As every child of God is. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was just looking for that light for her to shine down. And this, this is what gave it to us. And it's been such a blessing. Heal mm-hmm. Blessing. Wow. That's so powerful to hear you say that. Mm-hmm. So incredibly powerful to hear you say that because I know it is is not exempt of leaning into a process of your mm-hmm. grief. Listening to you all again talk about Kennedy's angel gowns and how it came to be, it does not shy from touching my heart the same way it did the first time I heard it. Absolutely. I mean, how incredible it is that you were able to see that far ahead. Like, I remember when we first had our conversation over Zoom before coming out and we were getting to know each other. I mean, one, it was just nonstop smiles and laughter. We were incredibly happy to meet both of you. Um, But one thing that struck me is in conversation, how many words were in alignment with what I was feeling. Yeah, You talk about the loneliness. You talk about what it feels like to have to go into a store and find an an outfit to lay your child to rest in when the magnitude of your love, like what outfit can you even buy in a store that can measure up to the amount of love that you have for your child? You want to do so right by them. And I remember the feeling of Kariga and I going into a store to try and find that um, but as I understand it, Heather, you didn't have an opportunity to go mm. and even look. No. Right? I didn't. I was so sick. I got, I had preeclampsia mm. and I was, ju- I think I stayed in the hospital almost an additional week after she had passed away. And even being in those walls after, you know, I remember <sighs> us having that conversation of, I just want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know know if home's going to feel safe or what's going to feel safe but the hospital was too much of a trigger mm-hmm. yeah i don't know what's next but i can't stay here mm-hmm. any longer mm-hmm. what i also was experiencing in this conversation fee when you said um you know it touches your heart just the same hearing about the angel gowns now as it did when you first learned over the zoom meeting and i recognize that i'm having the same emotional response my body is Mm -hmm. calming in the same ways and tensing in some of the same ways and for me it's also an indicator of how beautiful it is to carry your love for your child each day right so the first day we learned about it it doesn't measure as great as that love is today it grows exponentially every day Mm -hmm. Um, coming to tell your story and her story today it grows exponentially yet again but when you were describing going to that store and Heather, you not having the ability to go to the store. And Felicia poses the question, you know, what outfit could they have that could even measure up to the, the love of your child? I remember that question really vividly. And I also remember just the feeling of feeling displaced inside of a retail. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I mean, just I, I don't want help. Um, I you 
you can't help me find what I'm looking for, but it is it is customer service to ask me if I need help. But I can I can't handle any questions really about those minuscule feelings because what I'm feeling is so immense. I, I'm having trouble compartmentalizing. I'm, I had trouble getting here. I have trouble being in here uh, with no one saying anything to me. Just looking at the the months and the dates of clothes that my child won't get to wear. Right. Because stores. The, the the children's clothes are divided by months. Mm. Yes, yeah. made it hard. I'm glad you bring that up. You're, you're yeah, so you look at you look at these months that aren't coming ahead, and like that's uncomfortable. It, everything about the retail experience was so disorienting to what my present needs were. Yet still trying to articulate in every detail how much we love our children. Mm. Oh man. And if I can even be completely honest. I don't even think I fully processed that part of my grief until meeting you both mm-hmm. and learning about Kennedy's angel gowns. Like this is something that parents who are experiencing the loss of a child um, or the double transition of their child, this is something that they have to navigate. But it, it, it wasn't a conversation that I had yet to have with anyone in the lost community as of yet. And you even talked about that um, the amount of time that it took to start talking to other people about the loss up until the point of even 2016, um, now birthing Kennedy's angel gowns. I really just want to explore more because what I love to do here on our on our um, podcast is talk about what that grief process looks like. Um, what the leaning into that process looks like, the amount of time between 2009 to 2016, what did that look like for you um, to reach this point of Kennedy's angels gown, angel gowns? It started with family therapy. We went as a family and that was really, really important. It was probably more important to me <laughs> than the rest of my family, but I, I knew they needed healing, but I also knew that they didn't know they needed healing. And they Mm. just culturally, that just wasn't something they were used to. It's something that folks aren't used to. Mm -hmm. If the room feels like us, if it, if we Mm -hmm. feel we identify in the space, continue. And so, yeah, it was just, I, I made us as a family, we're going to do this. It was tough because, you know, I always looked at therapy as, and especially when I'm placed in that position, it's how are you going to help me get beyond this? Something that's so dark. And so to even speak of it, it it, it made no sense. Mm -hmm. So to sit down in front of a person that I considered a stranger, even though I'm very supportive of my wife, that that was a very hard time to understand the the true meaning of therapy is to open up and to talk about your experience. Well, that was was the problem. And that was what I was lacking. I Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have those conversations. It was it was extremely too tough to even talk about in those early, early days. In those early days, it was very tough to talk about. So therapy be- almost became a point of contention mm-hmm. is I, I would probably put up a different face, mm-hmm. of course, to my wife, because I know she's struggling and the family is struggling. So it's this, this is what's going to make it better for her. So I, I have to be, I have to be on that ship with her, like it or not, uh, because I was very honest with her uh, later 
during the years. And that, that was tough for me to go there and have those conversations or at least try to have the conversations. And sometimes I felt like the therapist understood that and was very careful how to navigate, especially with me. We talk about Kennedy's angel gowns and, and helping others, but I think we have to understand that that or it also helped us. Mm-hmm. It, it helped me mm-hmm. because I love to talk. Let's just put that out there. I, I do. <laughs> I, I, extrovert, whatever you want to call it, social, mm-hmm. sociable, love people. And but having those deep conversations, I, I was shut off. I, I it, we talked about it, Krieg, uh, compartmentalized. That's mm-hmm. what it was. I, that was my way of dealing with it, placing it somewhere and, and just let it eat because that, that's what it would do. It would just eat at me. So, wow. Having this, it, it not forced is not the right way, but it allowed me to start having com- conversations, and, and especially from that male aspect. Mm-hmm. Because what I what I noticed is there were a lot that it was almost a mirror. I saw myself in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. When I would mm-hmm. sit side and just have those conversations, you realize that how much just even just looking at someone and not speaking much, how much that helped. But yeah. to see another person has gone through that. Yeah. And yeah. maybe some type of just the smallest bit of understanding. And then when to have to, when not to have to, but when you start to speak about it, uh, it yeah. started to pull things from me that I never wanted to talk about. So it, it was, mm. this whole organization is also a healing process. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was just making note of, um, making note for the, for myself and for the listeners who are in different, intersections of this grief process what i heard was kennedy was born in 2009 kennedy's angel gown comes to us in about 2016 and in a conversation a linear conversation right it's just like a date but when you're living it it feels so vastly different from that so i just want to make a a, a bookmark for the listener and myself that in that process uh, in your in your double transition in your loss when you you feel like you want to do something and you don't want to do anything and you and you don't want to just be stuck in silence but you want to try to move and you don't know what to do it's probably indicated that you're doing just enough for that day mm. right none of this is an immediate outcome process this conversation we're having right now is an immediate outcome process so i want to just make note of the the beauty um in taking your time mm-hmm. as it presents itself even, you know, Demetri and I here is two black men having this conversation and what he explained about the challenge in showing up in therapy. I, I vividly remember that each of the spaces, the healing spaces, the therapy was a little different. But in our like healing groups, I was the only man there. Right. And this was time after time after time again. And what it would felt like and what it could have what I could experience to see in another man look me in the eye or 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 lift their head up when they hear something that is similar to their experience, even if they don't have the strength to have eye contact in the moment, right? Quiet mm. conversations. It brings it brings the affirmation to such a beautiful unfolding, Felicia. I think of that affirmation mm-hmm. like a rose. Speaking of a rose, we received a a small gift when Kamayu, when we experienced the double transition of Kamayu, <laughs> and someone presented us with a rose, a small, very small rose. Yeah, it's like a little mini. Yeah, rose. not like the big ones we think of. And 
the correlation that I'm experiencing between that affirmation and rose is that when they start off in this little closed ball, in this bulb, and when that layer begins to unfold and open, how much character, how much story is inside that rose. And for us and our family, uh, this one single rosebud has blossomed in September, being the month that Kamayu was born. Like each September, that bulb comes back. And for me, it's a reminder, a deep reminder that we too are like roses, that things will grow from our grief in time. We don't have to rush anything. Hmm. But when that rose begins to unfold, it carries a story, uh, a, a DNA, right? That someone who knows really knows when they see it. They know what that rose grew through to become. Mm-hmm. So when we share our stories, right, Fee? Man, and we're open about our feelings. That connectedness is so important. I say it on our show all the time. It is a basic human need. Like we need to feel connected. And how courageous it has been of you all to share your story. Mm-hmm. And so many families have benefited greatly from that. And I th- I just think about what that is for other people, but also for you all. I'd like to think of it, and Kariga and I, we also, um, we like to talk about the miracles and wonders that Kamayu brings for us. Mm-hmm. And I want to learn a little bit more about the miracles and wonders from Kennedy in your lives, in your family, and in Kennedy's angel gowns. There's so many, but the one that stands out So I feel her presence um, a lot when I'm having a really horrible day, but also when good things are happening. And oftentimes it comes in the form of a butterfly. Mm. So when we did her nursery, it was a butterfly theme. Just that's just, I like the colors and I was like, oh, let's do this one. The day of her funeral the biggest butterfly just went, it was almost like, mommy, I'm okay. Like it went right by my face. And it was just from that point on, it it reminded me, oh my gosh, her nursery was butterflies. Mm -hmm. But then it seems like every milestone, it could be the dead of winter. We will see Mm. a butterfly. Mm. It's always a butterfly. It is. You know, the trend, you think of the meaning behind butterflies and the transition and just her, what she does in me personally is, um, just this is uncomfortable for me to speak to crowds or to be um, front and center. That's very uncomfortable. But she pushes me and makes me do it with ease. People think that this is just, oh, that's just what you know. I, mm-hmm. Like I, I talk to her and she gets me through so many hard things and just takes me out of my shell to, and keeps pushing, and elevating and elevating me. And, and I feel her saying, mommy, go bigger, go bigger. There's more people to help. There's more people. You have to meet more people. And I just, I just feel her pushing me because this is out of the ordinary for me, for sure. Mm. I just hold my heart and, and take a deep breath as I hear you share that. I understand that so deeply. Mm-hmm. I told Kariga and I believe I shared this with you all, and I've shared it here in this space, that nothing could come from this. Like the pain was so immense, so deep. 
I didn't want anybody to learn anything, to have any kind of aha about why this happened or to rationalize it and to be (laughs) pushed to this point. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Kamayu spoke to me. She spoke to me in the form of writing. And it is from that that I have a version of soul affirmations mm-hmm. to in, to encourage other mothers to lean into their process. And I'm finding like what Kariga and I had the privilege of was having the time to lean into the process. We know that, and I'm sure um, it's been expressed to you, and maybe that's why you may not have heard from the families about their losses that we may not have time to grieve. Mm-hmm. We may have to care for other people. We may have to go straight back into work. Like there are so many different variables that can interrupt one's grief process. We live in a grief illiterate society. Um, and so to be able to have an offering where one doesn't have to uh, be taken away from that. Well, I guess what I want to say is it just creates room, like to be able to create room to lean in. And for Kennedy's angel gowns, it's to create room to spend more time with their, their children to, yeah, to be, I'm sorry, to be with them. Create memories. Create create memories. memories. Especially with those cooling units that we donate to the hospital. Oh man. So that gift of time. Speaking of that time, I, I want to get to the the cooling unit in a moment, but something Dimitri said really caught me. Um, when we were talking about the inquiry around miracles and wonders, he said that therapy almost became a contention for him, mm. but he found that the Kennedy's angel gown was like a light for him. It created healing for him. Right. And I believe we're in a space where we can make time to listen to that a little deeper and, and not rush because I remember feelings in my body. Um, that I only spoke about with a select few. There was really no room to talk about what was happening to my body. We were still medically understanding my wife's body, right? So medically understanding her body takes a priority and precedence for the entire family. I want to know what's happening. I want to know what her path is. I want to know what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing, right? After delivery, all those things. So there was the medical needs of my wife that I remember putting at the top of my capacity, Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was the emotional needs of my wife that I remember putting at the top of my capacity, mm-hmm. right? And and then whatever other uh, tasks that required okay. an able-bodied person, that became my work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yes. certainly um, after birth, we we have having not give birth, but still experiencing the birth and double transition of our children, but our bodies are able to do things in the immediacy that our partner's bodies aren't able to do, right? Yes. So all of these things became like my immediate having to respond to and my emotions. I would make room for them when I could with who I could. Mm -hmm. Right. And I had very little to say to some people because I had to give them updates on what Felicia, how she's processing. So that contention that you felt in therapy and the, and the light that you experienced from Kendi's angel gown, I want to just take a second to listen a little deeper around some of those feelings of uh, unease or discomfort or the tension. And I want to do that because if there is a angel father listening right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. who's at a different part of his journey, 
I want to make room for those feelings and create connectedness. And it is when when you when you think about therapy, we all understand therapy is just about it's about talking Mm -hmm. and getting the emotions out and trying to find ways to navigate down this dark path. Uh, But you, you, you spoke to it so well. My priority was her emotions and her physical well-being. So my emotions almost put them as second, third, or fourth down the chain. And me speaking of them, I almost felt like I was taken away from her pain and expressing herself. It's like I didn't want to make my pain bigger than her pain. So for me, therapy almost felt like I'm putting my pain out and the way I saw it, she just, well, we both dealt with the loss of our daughter, but she actually had to birth our daughter. And I, I, I couldn't imagine that and having to give birth to a daughter that you know has already gone to be with our Lord. So I felt like that was important. I wanted to almost sit in the corner and mm-hmm. focus on her, not realize the entire time that I needed it. I needed that space to talk. Because I was I, I was almost in a world that I felt like I had no one to talk to. But what's when I think back on it, I wasn't looking for a person to talk to. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I was begging or reaching out and say somebody, oh, well, outwardly, please help me. Like I was looking for, I wasn't. It was almost a wall up. I, I did not want. I, I don't want to talk about. I want all the attention focused on my wife. I'll find a way to process this on my own. I'll get through this on my own. I'm the. This is my wife. This is my. This is my life partner. I'm. I'm supposed to be able to be able to take away anything that comes her way. Take away her pain. Be that support system for. Her. But this is something I couldn't. That's what made it so hard. I can't fix this. Can't fix it. Can't take it. You can't, can't take it. it away. I can't take it away. And that's what made it so hard. That I, I can't fix it and I can't take it away. And it almost lead you to somewhat shut down in your own way and and turn it off. Yeah. Uh, which that space for talking is 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 vital. It's vital because it 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 just builds and it builds and there has to be an outlet. Mm-hmm. There has to be an outlet and yes you want to be able to control how that comes out. Because yep. at some point you lose control of how mm-hmm. it's expressed. So moving forward, years later, starting this organization, as we, I, we always knew that she was destined for something, when it started off with the dresses, no, it was so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Because seven years later, what it gave me is what I didn't get in 2009, 2010, that mm-hmm. space to talk with someone mm-hmm. and outwardly and. Just look at some, like I say, even the quiet conversation mm-hmm. where you may not say anything, but just the the eye contact. And mm-hmm. you say it, the gentle nod when he says something or you say something and they kind of look at you like that. That's it. It's it, that affirmation that you understand. And I need it. It's it done so much more for me than anything I could imagine. It was almost like Kennedy saying, let me touch you here. Mm-hmm. Let me touch your mind. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, 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 she gave me that. Mm-hmm. And that that is not even knowing it's what I need. Mm-hmm. And it, it, even in the beginning, it was hard to understand that that's what I was going through. Until 
couple years down the line, it's like, wow, it's it's this this burden I started to spill. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was only through that. Mm-hmm. It was only how divinely appointed, right? That in this experience of grief, it's often our deepest need to connect that creates our service to others. Yeah. Yes. And then this service to others is an invitation for us to connect and open and say and listen. It's the thing that we share, right? Mm-hmm. This is what makes our bond so so immensely close. And I know that in so far as Heather wasn't able to do some of the things like go look for the gown, it places this immediate responsibility on the husband, the non-birthing partner, however, right? At some point, we begin to remember um, like our sustainability, right? Because we have to still be well for our families. We don't just function in doing. We have to be well. And the time that it takes to do that, speaking of the time that it takes to do that, I want many families in their neonatal loss experience, uh, they come across very different uh, terms, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Heather, my eyes teared up remembering the detail of you going through labor to bring a child in this world physically that had already, um, as you say, Dimitri, right, had gone on to be with our father. The complexity of that, I, it that's the thing that makes you want to shut down, Dimitri, makes me want to shut down because I can't fix it, can't take it. But then there are other parts of the journey that I have no control over, I can't control, and the, the type of time that families need in their experience with their child, with their loved ones, with their community. Uh, we were talking a little bit about before the, before this, this portion of the listening, you were just getting to tell us about a cooling unit yeah. that is creating time for families to experience the children. Will you tell us more? So the cooling units was something that actually he researched and found when we were trying to think of how we would bring this all together. And um, we refer to it as the gift of time. And so Mm -hmm. it's a cooling unit and it goes right. It looks like a baby bassinet goes right in the hospital room, or you can bring it home with you for those families that choose to bring um, their baby home. And um, it keeps the, the body temperature regulated so that the natural decomposition process doesn't take place as fast. So you can use them up to five days. And what that allows you is time to hold your baby, time Mm -hmm. while you're in the hospital that the baby can stay there. Instead of going to the morgue, your baby can be right there in your room. And if you need some skin to skin, you can have that. Mm -hmm. It allows um, family members to travel from out of town to see the baby. It allows for footprints. It allows for pictures. It allows for every memory you can gather before the hospital kicks you out. Mm -hmm. And that is the one thing that we didn't, we didn't get with Kennedy. Mm. We we didn't get time. We didn't get the pic. When we got pictures, they were days old. Mm -hmm. Um, It was at the funeral home. And so she looked deceased. It was not it's not something we can really hold on to. Yeah, we don't. I the video you all have. Uh, first of all, you can't even tell where that those pictures are taking place. Like your photographer was phenomenal. Um, mm. 
Mm. But I, I envy you for those pictures because that I don't have that. I literally have this little box with the outfit that we dressed her in. And I sometimes just smell it. I just mm-hmm. want to smell her so bad. And, and two things, the smells going away mm-hmm. and my memories of her fading. And that scares me. Mm. Mm. You don't think about it in a moment, how mm-hmm. important footprints or mm-hmm. pictures and things. In that moment, you, you're just, you're so grief struck and you're stricken. You're not thinking about those mm-hmm. little things that were creating memories for years to come no. No. At, at all. And it's, it's years down the road that you want to look at the pictures yeah. or like she said, dress and just mm-hmm. all these different memories or reminders of her that in some ways we don't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Someone ought to be able to give that to you mm-hmm. and let you know. And that's why I, I feel this, this mission is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're going through that grief, there are things you just, it's a blur. It and is. Thinking about those things. That, uh, you, you can't know, even think about food. Can't even think can't, about food. You're, you're, you're definitely not thinking about taking a picture. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. It's just, it's the last thing on your mind. Yeah. Just, it's just not even mm-hmm. a thought. Your body's just um, in a state of shock. It's in a state, exactly. Yes. And you're trying to rationalize what has just happened. This this is not what I prepared for. I didn't prepare for this at all. Mm-hmm. And I I can only listening to your story, I can easily recall, and I think we talked about this in episode two of our podcast, just how important time is. That oh. bonding, that mm-hmm. bonding time, being able to, to take the pictures as, as you say, like having a cooling cot. I mean, how amazing it would be if more families knew about this, like right away. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have known right away. And I'm forever grateful for um, the, the woman in the morgue who came up and told me that she was still there, which made room for us to come and one, just see her. It, it started there just being able to see her again and her heart expanding and saying, you know what, you can come back because they're not coming until this day. And my brother with the wisdom to say, you know, have these pictures. I didn't realize how important that would be for me later on. No, I had no clue how important that would be for my healing process, my grief Mm. process. And so I'm just so grateful that identity, um, your identity identity as a parent, identity, it, right, because you are rationalizing that in the room. I'm sorry. Yeah, babe. no, you're trying to figure out. You're trying to figure out who you are. Who who are you in this experience? Everything you thought you would be experiencing has been taken from you. You're not exactly sure who is who in the room. Like mm-hmm. without my child, I don't know who anybody is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your advice means. I don't know what you're actually saying. I don't know. Nothing here is making sense. Nothing here is making sense. Fighting with that. We'll come into terms with, I should say, I'm still a mom mm-hmm. I'm not parenting her here, wrapping my head around that. Cause it, it, it took a couple of people to tell me you're still a mom. Cause I was doubting it. Am I, she's not in my arms. Am I a mom? Mm-hmm. And it, and I absolutely am. I absolutely was. Mm-hmm. Um, I mothered her when she was in my belly mm-hmm. before she even came out. And so that process too of what, like like you mentioned, who am I? What am I? Mm-hmm. And what does mm-hmm. this look like? And how mm-hmm. do we parent a baby that's not here? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I know now I'm keeping her memory alive. I'm saying her name and I'm, I'm, I'm friends with amazing couples mm-hmm. like you who get it, who can finish my sentences. You have no mm-hmm. idea what it means to me. Mm-hmm. No idea. And I find too, that in my, uh, process in my grief process and in my parenting process, right? That I, I am her mother and I am still actively, you know, her parent. And what I mean by that is, you know, the self-work that is required when you are parenting, that is real work. And I'm doing it just the same with Kamayu. Mm -hmm. It is different than I imagined, but it is not a deficit in who I am. So yeah, I, I totally connect with that. And, and understand that part of that, that processing. And man, I feel like Riga, we could connect in this way. Yeah, I, I do. I, oh, and I, and I have to connect in this come way. Come on, come on, connect. Because um, <laughs> there's so many things that beyond a conversation, this is reference for somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody might send this to someone who is dazed into their experience because they don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just want to make room for the listener, wherever they are, to know that these are our experiences and everybody experiences so very different. Mm-hmm. But what we have find to be consistent and true across all experiences is that you are still a parent mm. and you are learning how to do it. Mm-hmm. The same as you take time to learn your children that are here, mm-hmm. Riley. Kamali, yeah. you have to take time to learn yourself in the angel parent identity. And it creates this room right here for us to get to know one another. You talked about being able to finish your sentences. I remember going to the angel ball and not being able to fully explain the full range of spectrum of emotions we had from the tears we shed to the laughter. <laughs> and when you are in the, when we're in the reception and we are, the DJ spinning and we're getting to know each other. And Dimitri is on the dance floor. You know Dimitri's on the dance floor. Stop playing. Stop. It's like, where's Dimitri? Where's Dimitri? On the dance floor. On the dance floor. <laughs> but what, what I also remember was that so many couples that were there had an understanding. We felt safe smiling in front of one another mm-hmm. and That's crying right. in front of one another all the same. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was phenomenal because I could not mm-hmm. explain why I had such a good time. Right? How how I, how I sweat up my good clothes. So what was I doing? What was I doing? <laughs> I love that. It's it's so funny you speak to the parenting aspect. I found out I found that one of the hardest things, and I almost avoid. I didn't know how to answer it. In many ways, I didn't answer it probably like I should have. Was mm-hmm. we obviously have Riley, who's a beautiful baby girl that came after Kennedy, mm-hmm. um, and then we have an older son. That's so right. That question would come up just in passing or someone that doesn't know our situation. Uh, it could be random, work, whatever it may be. That uh, the, the question of kids, well, how many kids do you have? Mm-hmm. Those first yep. few, that was a very hard question to answer. It's, we talk about the parenting because mm-hmm. I have three children. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, have three, I have two girls and a son. Uh, and that's it. That's what a conversation is. It's that, but to answer that question after those first was probably one of the hardest questions because I knew in my heart and with my soul that Kennedy was my baby girl who's just she's just in heaven. Yeah. Yes. But you almost avoided it. I found myself saying two 
Mm. Not because I didn't accept her as my daughter. It was the not afraid is not the word the the word uh, I want to use here, but having to explain the why because mm-hmm. one follows mm-hmm. is how many kids where how old are yep. they? Yeah, okay. not hard. Once you even take it, it goes mm-hmm. into okay. Well, what school do they go to? What do they uh-huh. do? And it starts to get to the point that you got to say, well, he's mm-hmm. here. Well, my right. would have right. been mm-hmm. she's passed, and I did not want to. Yeah, because you don't know. Can, can you hold it? Yeah, yeah, can I, can I, yeah. yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And, but where does this question end? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it took it, it took years to finally get beyond that, mm-hmm. and uh, it, that wherever that question took me, it would it would bring a smile to my face. Mm-hmm. It's like I have three children, and for some reason, it went down that road. And like, what school is? Well, my son, he's graduated. My my middle daughter, she's in school in heaven, and <laughs> my youngest. It's, it's uh, but it took a while to get to that point. Those are the things yeah. you don't even realize come your way when you. Again, it's just that space that yeah. the unknown and then that dark path that yeah the, yes. the parent so brought that up and so relatable. I think it's a wall of protection. It is. It it's is a, a and you have to. The person who's asking you that, I think you have to weigh that relationship. Mm-hmm. Can I get that deep with this person? Exactly. Am yeah. I in a space where I can talk let my guard it. down and talk mm-hmm. about it? Yeah. And I think that too, I think, and it wasn't you denying her and it was At literally all. you were protecting yourself. It's exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In your mind, protecting her, protecting you. Protecting. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely understand that. Um, and, and as I said, like, are you able to hold the space? Are you able mm-hmm. to make room for me? Um, I've talked about this several times. You know, people they don't necessarily know what to say, so they start saying things that don't quite land from quite the well-intentioned place they sent it. So I have to do more work, you know. <laughs> no, you don't. Send that. Send that message back to sender. Oh yeah. man, send, send that, that message mm-hmm. back to sender. <laughs> Speaking of sending, though, um, how how do how do people support you? How do people support Kennedy's Angel yeah. Gown? Um, what's happening? What's coming what's up? What's in- coming up? Share with us. Um, so what we? I'll, I'll start with what we don't need. We don't need any wedding gowns. <laughs> we had. We don't COVID. need any more wedding gowns. They said we do not. We got plenty. We have a. Two storage units full of wedding gowns wow. because COVID hit us. And most of our seamstress, they're up in age. So we couldn't risk having our sewing circles um, for the last, what are we going into? Four years. We just started them up again yeah. recently. We've had about four this year. Um, and so with people sending them, we haven't been able to get through all the fabric. So we don't need, um, we don't need any more wedding gowns. We need donations. Okay. A lot of times we'll give a family a gown and they'll say, but we don't have any money to bury our child. And um, that it's expensive. It's, it's just as mm-hmm. much as burying an yeah. adult. And so yep. we want to be able to give them the funds to, to um, yeah. help them and mm-hmm. to give their, put their child um, in the, in a beautiful gown, but in the way that they would want to. Cause mm-hmm. I think that part of the closure is important too. whatever they decide if they want a service or, or not. Um, so donations are very, very helpful. We do two big fundraisers a year. 
the angel ball, which is what um, our amazing guest speakers spoke at. But this <laughs> October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. Yes, and it October is right now. Yes. <laughs> October 15th specifically is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Day. On that mm-hmm. day, we are hosting a 5K here in um, in the 757 yeah. Hampton, Chesapeake, Virginia. However, you can run and participate virtually. And for, point, it's run, walk. Run, walk. Yeah, you don't have to be a runner. I'll run. You don't have to run. You can walk, you can skip. <laughs> what if, walk backwards, yes. whatever you want to do. All um, right. The cool thing that we do, um, we started doing every angel baby, well, everyone who registers by the end of this month, we put the baby's names on the back of the t-shirts. Yes. So it honors them. We release butterflies. It's really a beautiful, we have a live band, DJ. This is the most beautiful 5K I've ever heard. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. (laughs) And you know what? Runners always joke me whenever I'm telling them about it. They're like, your 5K starts at 10, 15. Because usually runners are, they start at like six in the morning. I'm like, (laughs) No, it's all about the 10 15. That's October 15th. That's pregnancy. There we go. And, yeah, exactly. it's intentional. Exactly. Yes. Yes. But they like to run and get on with the rest of the day. But we start at 10 15 on the dot every year, no matter what day we do it. it we always have a start time of 10 15 to honor those babies. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with us, Heather. Thank you, Dimitri. Thank you for sharing not only your story with us, but for all the work that you're doing with Mm -hmm. Kennedy's Angel Gowns. I want to remind people that if you want to support the work that they're doing, you can go to kennedysangelgowns.org or check out our show notes for the link. Absolutely. And I also just want to uh, encourage folks, wherever you are, and send this to someone it it really creates the capacity for families to have time to go inward and process the emotions because the linear world happens so fast. And when a family feels that they don't have enough resources to be well, and they they in the very time where they're creating their identity and their memories is measured up against the outside world. It's just very special um, to make a contribution. Uh, to Kennedy's angel gown. So however you can, wherever you can, if if this message touches you, it is you. You are the listener uh, mm-hmm. to make that change. Mm-hmm. We want to thank you all for tuning into another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And? And Heather and Dimitri Wilson. Of Kennedy's angel gown. Yes. From our family to yours, uh, may we love more abundantly between each and every taping, each and every conversation, may this love grow for the angel babies, the parents of angel babies, uh, the families of angel babies. We hold a special spot in our heart for you as well. Until we continue, until we cross paths, may we all love more abundantly. Yes. And we want to give a special thank you to our executive producers, Cody and Tommy Oliver. Our producer, Crystal Hill and our wonderful editor Masu McLemore. Peace. Peace.